Welcome back to Talking Baseball. The season is coming this week, so it's time to hear everyone's biggest fears. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? We hope you had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to Talking Baseball. My name is Jimmy. Sitting right next to me in his fantastic floral shirt is Jake. And we got Trev coming to you from California wearing a Jake Sucks hat. We're ready to talk some baseball. We're ready to hear from you guys about what you're scared about. Jake, what are your biggest fears? Yeah, I was going to say, good morning. And if there's a specialty episode of mine, it's fears. Uh, every day, every day, just looking at him. No, it's just death for me because I think it all ends. But outside of that, I'm pretty good. Had a nice weekend. Trevor, how are you? I'm doing excellent. I got up early this morning, got myself a cup of coffee, put my Jake Sucks hat on, and I'm ready for the day. Yes. Those hats are crazy. Luke bought one, and my dad's like biggest running gag that he doesn't understand his gag is he steals our hats immediately. Sure. Like if we buy a hat, my dad will put it on his head. Right. So then my dad would wear a Jake Suggs hat at the beach all day. It's pretty funny to be like walking down a family town boardwalk with two dogs in the hat just as Jake Suggs. It's a real nice hat. One of my one of my buddies, his sister uh, married a Jake and the dad doesn't really like him. Not a big fan. So he's he's getting a Jake Sucks hat with intent, which oh wow, which is the other side of that, yeah. So, I mean, mine, people helping people. Mine was with intent as well. Like, what do you mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no. really put the hat to its name. Want to you know hear about I mean. some people who don't suck? Yes. Okay. Well, we start off with James Drury. Yes. And Judge uh, the hang tight because we got a lot of new Patreons that we got to shout out. Harry Lewis, Sarge, Dan Hunaway, Nathan McRae, James Nagengast. I feel like I read these already. Vinny Tran, Chris Petrel, Petri, Petri, Petrolisi, Michael Sowie, TC Gentry, Joseph Hosford, Brad Urbanowitz, Roger Abril, Mike Parchinski, Omar, Cody Hamill, Jody, Jack McCutcheon, Marcus McCann, Drew Maurer, Andy B, Emily Sheldon, Stanley Bloom, Chris D'Amico, Denise Lewis, Simon S.B. DePrince23, Johnston Gray, Janik Horn, Josh Lildick, <laughs> his name is actually Lydick, and Ryan Brown. Welcome to the Patreon world. We appreciate you. We got a whole live chat hanging tough with us through technical difficulties. But we appreciate them nonetheless. Patreon.com slash John Boy Media. We'll get you there if you want to watch live. The, lot, the people who watch live during the season will get earlier access uh, on Mondays and Friday morning when we do our series recap. If you're not watching live, you'll wait until it comes out like Monday, Friday afternoon. So there's that. Let's get right into this. I, uh, BBD told us we have a ton of voicemails. Thank you to everyone who called in. We asked you... To send in your biggest fears. You got us, Trev? It's on your heart, Trevor. I'm just, I'm good, man. All right. Got I a saw lot of something stuff in come head. over you. I got a lot okay. of yeah, something happened. You need to get something off your chest. What was First, the... I saw we had a McCutcheon, a McCann, and a Mauer back to back to back in the Patreons. Yep. Yeah. What, that's interesting. Yeah. They're friends. Yeah. They're all good. I think Mauer was spelled different. M-A-I-E-R. That's Mayer? 
Mayor? Yeah. All right. Could have been wrong. Not, everything's Trevor, great, guys. I'm just, I got a lot of things I'm thinking about. It's good. What, what was going into a baseball season? What, what was your fear? Was it you oriented? Was it team oriented? Were you just like, hey, I don't want to get off to, uh, you know, I don't want to end April hitting 170. Is it, you know, I I don't want the team to start off with a big losing streak like that one year you had it. What what were the fears coming into a season? I mean, virtually none. You're I just excited. That. Like the season starts, everyone's optimistic. Okay, like the fears start a weekend if you're one for thirty. You know, stuff like that. But you know, opening day, you're just stoked to be out there. It's gonna be different this year, obviously. Um. But yeah, I didn't. I don't think I was ever fearful of an opening day. I was just more excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think our our original attempt, we did this with our Talking Yanks uh, podcast originally, and it was it was kind of supposed to be the stuff you don't say out loud, Ooh. like maybe in Yankees past years, it would be the like, you know, I would never say this, but I'm a little worried about that Yankees rotation. Luckily, they went out and got that Cole guy, but. That that was kind of the origination of it. So excited to see what the what the people are bringing to the table. Yeah, because you know a lot of this we might not know. It's same thing. We asked for your storylines. You told us we didn't know some of them. Let's go straight. We got two cardinal voicemails. We're gonna do back to back. Then we're gonna see what they are. Hey, this is Andy. I'm a Cardinal fan. Uh, biggest fear for the year is that our offense comes out flat as fuck again. Uh, didn't do much in the off season, kind of banking on young guys, lost Ozuna, who, you know, he's okay, but he was, uh, pretty good as our, as far as our offense is concerned. So, no, our pitching and defense is good, but worried about the bats. Thanks guys. Keep it up. Love your stuff. All right. Hey, this is Brandon from Columbia, Missouri, and I'm a huge Cardinals fan and, the most, like, scary part about this season is definitely offensive consistency. Uh, over last season, when we were winning a lot near the end, we kind of found our stride with Goldschmidt and DeYoung and Wong were doing their uh, parts. But, I mean, this year it's going to be the same thing where if we can't find offense, we're not going to be able to get out of the NL Central, which is probably the toughest division right now. So, thank you. And I love the pod. All right. Two Cardinals fans calling in. Thank you very much. Uh, was it Brandon? And I don't know if we got the first guy's name or I missed it. But, I mean, we kind of said this, right? What was it? Like Zane or Zaney. Zane. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what we kind of said. They don't have, like, they're top heavy. They have a lot of role players on paper, it seems at least. So, I think it's a fair thing. Their their hitting was they were twenty third in batting average last year. They were twenty fourth in home runs last year. Which, again, I mean, you're starting to get into some bottom tier teams offensively. And when we talked about the Cardinals, we said what a good, well run organization they are. I think Goldschmidt. I gave you my lock that his batting average will be over two sixty five or whatever it was. So you don't have to worry about that. Don't even worry. Carpenter's a big question mark. He's 34 now. Does he bounce back? And is he Matt Carpenter, the guy that entered MVP races? Or is he an older Matt Carpenter? And that's what it is. Hopefully he can stay a little healthier DHing. They need a young guy to step up. I know, Trev, you've mentioned Tyler O'Neill a couple times. He's a decent prospect. Um, 
Tommy Edmond, can he repeat some of the stuff he started doing last year? But they, you know, they also need those guys to step up defensively. So a guy like Harrison Bader, who can be a special game changer defensive player, you're not looking at him at the bottom of your lineup saying like, ah, we need more offense. Like now you're starting to hack into your defense to give your team more offense. And that's, uh, that's not what you want. I think you, I mean, as an organization, you kind of have to pick what kind of team you're going to be. I mean, there's very few teams that can go out there and run all three, you know, offense, defense, and and pitching out there. So clearly this is a team that's focused on pitching. And then the other two get a little wishy-washy. Defensively, they're pretty good, I would say. I don't know if they're elite defensively. They're pretty good. Uh, And as I'm looking at the offensive side, it's an interesting mix of some very old guys and some very young guys. So, like, I agree with you, Jake. Like, they're going to have to have some of the young guys step up. I think Goldschmidt will be a force in the middle of the lineup. Um, I think the one guy that kind of stands out to me, like, hey, like, if this guy has a good year, they could really go, like, offensively, is our boy Dex. Like, yeah. get him going a little bit. You know, maybe maybe he relishes this 60-game season gets a little spark going and uh, then you kind of just rely on that pitching staff to take you, you know, focus on scoring early. That'll be big for this team. Get out to a lead and let your pitchers do the thing. I think if they're playing catch up all the time, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough year. I like their squad for like a playoff series, but not a full season. Like, cause if they have everyone, they have the speed and the role players and, you know, playing small ball. Like I think it works. There's no DH anymore. So the style of play in the regular season is just going to be like hit. But again, we don't know what's going to win this season, pitching or hitting. Everyone thinks pitching. I think pitching, but we'll see. But uh, I think those are – it's a pretty broad fear too, just our offense. It's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go to the next one. Young boy, Jake, Trev. This is Waylon calling from Nashville, Tennessee. My biggest concern is about my Chicago Cubs, and it is that our pitching is going to collapse. Hopefully, you Darvish can be like second half. You Darvish and Hendricks can, you know, keep that ERA low and be decent like he has been. Um, but the other three, Lester, Quintana, Chatwood, I'm not sure about them. And our bullpen's not great either. So give me your thoughts. Thanks. All right, thank you for calling in. Cubs pitching, young blood calling in, love mm. it. Harsh, His Cubs. <clears throat> it's harsh. Love that. Harsh. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I, I I don't. I'm not as down on their pitching as everyone else is. I don't know why. I like Hendricks. He didn't even name Hendricks. We like Hendricks. He's their opening day. He's he's getting the pill. Good for him. Uh, there was a nice graphic going around the other day that was first time opening day starters. I think he was one of them. Hendricks is good. Why isn't you getting the opening day start? Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, the U Darvish thing in Chicago has been kind of weird. <laughs> like, there was a period there where he was bad, uh, and then he turned it on. So, I, like I've said, I love you when he's right. I, lo- I love all you when you're right. But Darvish can be nasty. You kind of got to see what you you're going to get this year. Hopefully for them it's the good one. And, yeah, it's just what's old man Lester going to get you? And then after that, man, I think Quintana hurt his thumb doing dishes, so that's tough. 
because he's whoa. He's normally as stable as they come. Yeah, yeah he got a la- laceration on his left thumb uh, doing dishes at his home in Miami. So it'll be cool when the real story comes out. Just a bucket full of uh, water in the sink. He reached in and yeah. got attacked by knives. And Maybe then, he dropped uh, a ring in the the disposal or whatever. Okay. And then reached in to get it, and his wife turned it on. The garbage disposal? We got theories. I'm going to guess Could it was an it. avocado because that's the number one um, hand injury during cooking is cutting But that's avocados. not dishes. That would make more sense than dishes. Mm. Anyway. Uh, our caller mentioned that you ended the year good last year. He did. In his last 13 games, he had a two-something ERA. Yeah, he found it. Um, with a 6-12 OPS again. So, I mean, hey, he's only going to get 12 starts, so just have another stretch like that. But this is the thing, though. It's like not every team is just going to be full up with five horses. Like, nobody is. So, like, you know, if you're looking at your team's rotation and you got a Hendricks on top, and you got a U, and you got a Quintana backing him up, and then you have John Lester in like the four spot. It's not a bad rotation. Like that's okay. Like that's not something that you're like shit. Like we're gonna lose because our rotation is bad. It's like that's what most teams are gonna have. Stuff like that. You're not gonna have just five absolute aces. You're not gonna have three absolute aces. Very few teams have that. And if they do, then you're a World Series contender right off the bat. So I pump the brakes. Our young stud out there. Is he from Chicago? No, Nashville. He's Nashville. He had that country tango in Waylon. I like your enthusiasm, but just know, like, your team's set up. (laughs) Your team's set up pretty decently. Um, You know, I know we all want that, like, just horse, horse, horse. It's just not feasible. So The, The bullpen freaks me out more than the starters. I would say that, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Lester did have a bad year last year. Like he had a like a like a ten games where it was like, well, yeah, but he's Lester got a super it. sick boat though. So okay, so, you know oh. that makes up for a lot. Lester boat. Okay, it's called the left hander. It's pretty legit. Takes it on the Chicago River. Yeah, they dye that green during St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I had my first ever kiss on the Chicago River. Mm. Wow, that's like super romantic. Well, we were in fifth grade, and we pecked on the lips. Mm. That's early. Oh, yeah. Fucking young Zac Efron over there. Yeah. We were kissing. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. I have a first kiss story, but it's not. It's not for, not for now. Not for now. It is Fears episode if you want to share your first kiss, Jake. Yeah. Uh, sixth grade. Nice. Sixth grade. You guys, are, you guys are early. It's just a peck, bro. You just yeah. got to get it out of the way. All right. Yeah. All right. Second kiss was, well, next. Cost you a lot of money, that second kiss. Hey, what's up, guys? My biggest fear as a Giants fan is that by the end of the season, Joey Bart hasn't caught one inning. I think it's important for us to play our young guys because we have a bunch of old guys on our team. So, yeah. Bye. I start. It started off when he said Giants and fears, yeah, and I all. was like, "Oh no, oh no!" And then he actually—it's a great point. Like, and we've talked about this because you know it seems like the perfect season to call up young guys and let them figure things out. But <clears throat> from the back end, the GM side of baseball, it's actually you don't want to lose service time for a sixty-game set. You know, like GM's brain, it actually makes more sense to just play the aging vet and not waste service time of a young kid. So I don't know what the deadline is where they can call Bart up and it doesn't affect his service time at all. They should do that. 
and let him catch. I mean, the guys had name? Tw- Joey Bart. The guys had eighty at bats at Double A. Oh, never mind then. So look, you know you want to see these guys, especially when your team is projected to finish in the cellar. But yeah, a like Jim said, you don't want to waste your service time when you know your team's not going to be very good. Obviously, you want to get them experience at the big league level, but. Uh, the way the CBA is set up right now and the way they can, you know, um, mess with uh, service time, I'd be shocked to see this guy, you know, up there at the beginning of the year or anywhere close to it. Is he on the 40-man roster? He's on the 60. He's on the 60-man. And he's got kid's a huge prospect. He's a top-10 prospect in baseball right now. Yeah, you don't want to see him this year. I didn't know. I, he, I didn't know he didn't even. Way. I didn't know he didn't even have a full season. The at only AA. thing is, he's twenty three years old. Like yeah, he's a time, college. It's kid. time to go. So, like, as a player, I'm like, fuck yeah, get this guy up there because he's. I don't know if he's earned it yet per se. Well, all the reports like, from camp see. have been glowing from Kapler, from everyone, saying he's been awesome. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, po- Posey's out, but you don't want to mess with service time, and you don't want to. To mess with him as a player, he's hadn't even had a full season on Double A. What's What's going to make uh, this guy really mad is they probably are going to go out and bring somebody else in too. There's so many catchers out there. There's being a bunch of guys released right now. They're probably going to bring somebody in. You guys right now they have they you don't have like my the boy Brant, Brantley Heineman platoon. I love Heineman. That's my boy. I know. I also love Brantley. He's my boy. So it's tough for me to say that, but I feel like they're going to bring somebody in. Um. But it, yeah. I mean, shoot, maybe, maybe, maybe they're looking at it like this. He's twenty three. Get him up there. Yeah. We want we want him ready when we're ready to compete, which is I don't know when. Longoria gave him a lot of pl- praise. Longoria said Joey Bart, I think, is the closest that we have in terms of breaking through at the big league level and being an impact player out of the shoot. So Long Longo's on his side. I. Then I'm all in because Longo's yeah. the best. So if Longo says you're good, he rarely says that about anybody. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> I'm serious. Like he's not a one to just give out compliments, just whatever. Like if he yeah. says it, he means it. So good for that. Good for Bart. All right. So pay attention to Joey Bart. I like that. Didn't even know that storyline at all. Next. Pennsylvania. Hey, this is Anthony from Pennsylvania. I don't know if that buzz or not worked. My biggest fear for the Philadelphia Phillies is the bullpen. Uh, we lost Sir Anthony Dominguez for the year. David uh, Robertson looks to not be returning. Their only good bullpen arm is Hector Neris. <laughs> I don't know how good that is. I know Joe Girardi's good with the bullpen, but that's a fear. I would say the rotation, but at least we got Noah and Zach Wheeler. I hope we spent Howard's legit, but yeah, it's the bullpen. Thank you. I know I've done a lot of talking about how Joe Girardi's good with the bullpen and stuff. I need to come down from it a little bit because Joe Girardi always had Mariano, Soriano, David Robertson, Batansis. Some good guys. Like really, really good arms. But he was good at scheduling rest and keeping them healthy and fresh for the postseason. I don't I, I don't think it I don't they don't have any good guys for Trev, him to these like. are you Phillies. I'll I'll give you the honor. I mean, I don't want to like sit here and just kind of like talk crap. It's very hard for me to do that. I do agree that the bullpen is not a strong point on this team. You know, especially with Sir Anthony out. The guy's nasty, and they needed him, and he's out. So yeah, we have Hector, and he's kind of along those lines. Like when I would talk about a Colome, uh, a guy that he could be really nasty, but he also kind of 
isn't that like clean ending type guy. So he can do it. He could be a force out there. He's got a disgusting splitter, but I don't know if I'd want him like being my guy, my guy. So you have to rely on somebody else stepping up. We talked about Nick Pavetta before coming out of the rotation. He's a big, tall dude that could probably add two or three miles an hour when he's in the bullpen. Uh, he'd have to make an, a, a leap forward. Tommy Hunter's just cut back. I saw he pitched in, the, in one of the inter-squad games. He's the guy that could do it. He's had success in the back end of a bullpen before. Um, another guy that I'm kind of like, this is a great storyline. I'm not going to say he's going to be an impact arm for them is Robert Stock. I don't know if you guys know his story. He was a catcher. Uh, then he got released, and then he was just like throwing bullpens in a park. And would put them on Twitter, and he was throwing like 100 miles an hour, and team signed him. What's so his name? A, Robert, Robert Stock. Stock. There's a guy in the A's who just did that too. He just made the team. Oh, I uh, saw that. Yeah, so that was yeah. pretty cool. A lot of nice head of lettuce on that guy. I'll look his name up later. And something back to adding miles per hour. Kyle Hendricks, our guy, was hitting 94 on the gun the other day. He's a Cressy guy. So Whoa. baseball's just becoming a disgusting sport now. I don't like that. I don't like it. I'm over <laughs> Kyle Hendricks now. I want him throwing 88 miles an hour right. and carving people up. All right, so now we're mad at the Cubs. So sorry, going back to our guy Waylon. Yeah, uh, okay, let's start with something nice. Hector Neris. His stats are better than I thought they'd be. He had one bad year in 2018. Outside of that, they're pretty nice. But, yeah, I mean, they're, your fingers crossed for a couple dudes to step up and then even a trade deadline, and if that's our nice words, then, yeah, you should be concerned. Has this dude's stock? I'm not going to be able to get a, I love these stories. Has he pitched in the minors last year, Trevor? Is he going oh, he's from – He's been in the big leagues. He's been in the big leagues. I, don't, I think he was pitcher? with the Padres last year. Yes. At, oh, Okay. All right. I want to say he's with the Padres last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So it's uh yeah it's it's that's an interesting story, but yeah I agree. Like this bullpen is not a strong suit, and he was good in 2018. Oh, stock, yeah, yeah. Want him to be the new Jansen catcher to closer. Jordan Weems is the guy in the A's who did it. So if you're into that kind of thing, cool. All right. Let's and go. another another thing on the Phillies. And I've said this multiple times. They really don't have anybody coming up, like an arm coming up. So D. Rob, man, he's the big. Uh, you they know, need him back. He's the call up. He's the trade. Just keep it keep it alive until he comes back. Maybe the storyline here is with all these hitters and Alex uh, Bohm on the way and guys like that. You know, bring in some pitching fills. Hey, can I get my Yankee hate out just real quick? Oh, uh, sure. the next voicemail is about Yankees. So well, just- this. A segue because you were talking about Girardi in the bullpen. Mm. Same thing with Joe Torre and being a great manager, blah, blah, blah. Look Uh-oh. at the teams. Uh-oh. Yeah, but, I mean, look at the Mariners in 01. Like, like look like, at look, look at, at this. The, look at look the Tigers. This Yeti, shout but, out Yeti. But, Trev, look at the Tigers. Cup could manage the Yankees. Look at what Brad Osmus did with the Tigers. Like, there's been. It wasn't the same thing. Why I'm just saying there's been tons of great teams put together. Very have we ever seen four or five uh, Hall of Famers on the team? Come on, that's anybody. All I'm, can all I'm that saying team. is good teams have been put together before. Not those good teams go to five of go to like five of seven World Series in it's seven a classic, years span. It's a classic coach conversation. I mean, are you going to send that back at Phil Jackson? Are you a Phil Jackson hater? I mean, look at his teams. He had Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal okay, in LA. Okay, that's all he, I, I needed mean, to know. That's all I needed to know. I so don't. I don't. I, I believe there are some guys that are 
equipped to manage superstars doesn't make him a good coach. It just means makes him the right coach but for when, a but, good manager. But wait, wait, wait. When the Yankees did their stretch and they went to six of eight World Series, like that that's before they became the super pick up everyone. Like that's before they got like, let's go get Sheffield, let's go Giambi. get Abreu, let's go get Giambi, let's go get Randy Johnson. Like the dynasty is built on homegrown players that became Hall of Famers. Mariano yeah, wasn't a Joe free Torrey agent. Joe Torre has nothing to do with that. Literally zero to do. So you with don't that. think coaches get any credit for molding players? I or do think coaches in- do, but I don't think a guy like Joe Torre did. Save for he the offseason. Managers don't. Baseball is bad. Managers aren't week. coaching you. They they rarely say anything to you fundamentally. Like rarely, they don't want to step on their coach's toes. Well, that's the position as a whole. Then I'm just saying. you better never compliment a manager in this run of talking baseball because you think. Well, if, if the manager has four or five Hall of Famers on his team, I'm probably not going to say. Oh, they man, were in Hall of Famers in '96 when it started. They were, they were they fucking were, young kids. Though. They were that good. Guys, all right. Anyways. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Elias from New Jersey calling about my Yankees. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I am scared, a bit scared about our starting rotation. Cole's going to be what he's going to be. He's going to be a stud. Tanaka is slightly dud-prone, and Paxson has his, like, first-inning heebie-jeebies, and I don't think you can expect or on uh, or rely on uh, Hap or Monty that much. Uh, and in a 162 game season, all of that's fine, but in a small sample size, makes me nervous. Besides that, I'm scared of the announcers still saying Torres's age every time he does something somewhat impressive. Thanks, guys. Oh yeah, they better that better stop. I'm over that. Uh, I, was, I hated it last year. Uh, the Yankees pitching. I mean, it's fair to say Garrett Cole's the only sure thing, but he's one of the best sure things in all baseball. Like Paxton does have. He had a stretch last year that was brutal. He has first-inning woes. Tanaka will give you a, a six-earned run once once every two months, basically. Uh, you know, he's not a lights-out pitcher. He's more of a – he's going to grind and get you the innings and get you through the game and keep it close. And then in the playoffs, he's lights-out. It's what Trevor just said. I mean, would it be awesome to have five Garrett Coles? Absolutely. James Paxton as a two is a pretty nice ball player. Tanaka, go look at the resume and everything he's done, the whole body of work. I mean, Tanaka's a great number three. A great number three. As a number three, yeah. The, the, like, Tanaka's not a great number two. And, and that's the biggest concern. The The actual concern is injuries, which you can say with any team, but we saw, you know, Tanaka took a line drive to the head uh, from Big G, Giancarlo Stanton, and then Jay Happ became the third starter, which... Jay Happ has had a very nice career himself. Last year was a bad year, and you could point at juice balls and some bad luck and things like that. But then you start getting into some young guys. Jordan Montgomery, he's coming off the Tommy John surgery, and then you're going to have a fifth guy who's either a rookie, Clark Schmidt, Mike King type, or someone like Johnny Luizaga trying to give you four innings. So in that way, I think it's fair. But again, I mean, not a lot of not a lot of teams have a six starter <laughs> that you're going to be impressed by. So, Sevy's missed. And Luis Severino's out for the well, season. And Domingo Herman was the best pitcher last year, and he's yeah. out too. He fake retired. And then the only thing is, like Trev said with the Phillies not having guys up, in summer camp the Yankee, and, and spring the Yankees have uh, Clark Schmidt and King have gotten excitement. And you know me, I will never – 
pencil them in as good. They haven't done it yet in the big leagues, but they 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 have exciting exciting arms to come, young arms that are about to come, which is very 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 rare for the Yankees. They have not been great at developing pitching at all. I. I didn't leave that voicemail. I promise you that was not me. I voiced that concern to you guys, and you guys always just beat me down whenever I say anything bad about the Yankees. I mean, I don't think it's a – yeah, I think it's a genuine concern to have if you're a Yankees fan. The only thing is, like you said, they got guys coming up. So you need someone like a Clark Schmidt to step up. Who's the other guy? Michael King. Michael King. Like, they got Maybe. guys coming up. And you know what? I, I'm going to go back to the Phillies um, – I said they don't have anybody coming up. Bryce Harper came out yesterday or two days ago, and he was talking about I think a guy named Howard. I gotta look. Don't quote me on that. Uh, and he said he's he wants him to break camp with the team. Mm. So guy that I missed, but he's there. But the Yankees Spencer don't have Howard. that problem. What's that? It looks like his name is Spencer Howard. He was a non-roster invitee. Yeah. So Bryce has been you know just complimenting him. You know all what, are summer. They video camp. game buddies. And I, Maybe. I think, I, but, I think the uh, when when me and Jim do dig our heels in, uh, it's a because the Yankees added Garrett Cole, and b not only is that Garrett Cole, but the Yankees bullpen, which is special, and there's no arguing that. Yeah, the Yankees haven't had the guy to go out there and give them eight innings the past couple years. So if Garrett Cole can reset that bullpen every five days or so, that's just going to make the pitching staff as a whole stronger. The Yankees' only weakness, if you want to call that, is like a defensive team they're not a great defensive team but like they're gonna bang and they're gonna pitch and they're gonna have a bullpen yeah they're last year they were one of the best teams in the league last year they were top defensive infield with geo at third and dj at short they were like the worst in 2018 second. dj at second but they bumped up last year i forget they got they've like improved third, they've improved they've they beca- they went from Bottom to best. But, yeah, like Voight's not a, a stud at first base. Glaber has issues at, at, at short, and it's not on skill. It's just on concentration, really. How does, Hicks, how does Hicksie grade out defensively with the advanced stats? I know, like, personally, I, I think he's a great center fielder, but. I think really well. Well. Really well. I mean, yeah. he's. Long stride, strong arm. So, some like guys really you just look arm. at and you're like, that guy's a stud player. Then you look at their defensive metrics, you're like, oh, wow, they're horrible. No, I believe that's why Hicks has good war all the time. Yeah. Brian Dozier won a gold glove and had, like, negative defensive war or something like that. So, mm. whatever. Crazy. Back to uh, Jeter. We had another Yankees one that I, I didn't group him by accident. Hey, fellas. Jimmy, Jake, Trev, BBD. My biggest fear as a Yankees fan is seeing, like, the Astros in the ALCS and losing to them. That would just break my heart. I feel like this is a big year. It would be a huge disappointment if the Yankees didn't make it to the World Series. And if they lost to the Astros, I just I might have to stop watching baseball, start watching hockey or something. I don't even know. What was this All guy's right, name? Take care. What was his name? I just, I hey, just fellas, felt some move Jimmy, down there. Jake, Trev, BBD. My biggest fear. Then give us his name. name. Nameless. Smart move because I was going to tell him to go fuck himself. I, I, I got a little movement down there when I heard him say Yankees lose to the Astros. In the- oh, it'd be that's brutal, man. That's a good fear. That's, that, <laughs> is, I mean, that is that, crazy. If, if, if that happens again, um, 
it's like vacation mode for it's like okay i'm gonna take my two-week vacation with katie i'm putting the phone away i'm out and i like honestly like we'll probably have a vacation scheduled for early november and i'll just be like bump that forward katie as soon as the last out's made because that's i mean it's gonna suck that's true and it's and it's a possibility the astros are still really really good they'll probably meet up in the playoffs again if it happens again I'll cry. I'll just that cry. That was a great fear. Thank you for calling. Hey, thanks for not leaving your name, fuckface. What about this? <laughs> what if what if what if we had just four great teams going at it in the divisions? The A's end up winning the West. The Rays end up winning the East. And then you have the Astros and the Yankees in a one-game playoff. Cole versus Verlander. We've talked about that. Oh, Trev, I am so I'm the 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 weight of sadness and frustration and my Twitter feed, how bad it would be if the Astros beat the Yankees in an ALCS. I don't even want to go through them. Like I understand like Red Sox fans, like the only way we're going to break the curse is if we go through the Yankees and that's our, fuck that. Give me an easy path. I don't even want to go through them because the, the feeling of that would suck. So there's a Yankees, if there's a Yankees Astros elimination game, I mean, I'll be fine because I'll be so gummied up. Yeah. Like I'll, Hey, yeah. be careful. Those gummies can turn to anxiety real quick in the oh, wrong situation. <laughs> that's, that's the monster the, who's your always Twitter on my feed, back. What are we talking about? Your Twitter feed, if that happened, Jim. Oh. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, it's mute. All right, we got a lot more to go, and we're running <laughs> long. Here we go. Hey, guys. Big fan of the show. This is Eric Hildebrandt from Gilbert, Arizona. Thanks, Eric. I am a Diamondbacks fan, and I was just – Going to express how worried I am about the Diamondbacks' depth. Um, obviously, their pitching isn't where it should be to compete with the Dodgers. Their bullpen is not very good. Um, their lineup's pretty pretty good, but um, I just oh, I don't know what happened. Don't see their depth um, like the Dodgers have, like the Brewers have, like the Phillies have. Um, so I don't think that they can compete in the NL West at all, even get a wild card. So I was just wondering what you guys think about how important depth is in the 60-game season. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your day. I like that question. We have another D-backs one. We'll answer both. But I like the depth. What's going on, guys? This is DJ from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm calling in to talk about my team. You guessed it, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, my biggest fear for them is the back end of starting rotation, not sustaining the success they had at the end of last season. I believe the top three of Mad Bum, Robbie Ray, and Zach, the Milkman Gallon, will deliver. But with, with Mike Leake opting out, there's a lot of unknowns between Luke Weaver coming off injury, Alex Young, and Merrill Kelly building on these rookie seasons. Team's got the pieces to make a run, but it's dependent on some young arms, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Thanks. All right. So, I mean, the first one is just the back. The second one, back into rotation, Merrill Kelly, Luke Weaver. Uh, I, I really don't know about that. Every I'll, team I'll, has that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, every team has it. Even the Yankees with Happ and Gumby, it's like, ah, we're not a sure thing. And the Diamondbacks, man, again, like, this is this is almost a first-world problem. I mean, some of the guys that were mentioned there, I, young Alex Young, my guy towards the end of last season, looked pretty good. I mean, Luke Weaver, Merrill Kelly, these are all dudes that you could kind of talk yourself into as your four before a season starts. So uh, I wouldn't be so concerned about that. Uh and up and down the pitching, I mean, even in their bullpen, Archie Bradley, Chafin, Rondon, Guerra, Ginkle, like, uh, uh, 
this are nice for the Diamondbacks. I think lineup depth that we've looked at some teams' benches like the Phillies. I think even like the Mets, a, a couple of these deep teams, obviously the Dodgers, and you look at the bench and you're like, okay, you know, there's either a young guy or a couple veterans. I, I'm struggling to buy into the bench right now in Arizona. I agree. I mean, look, any team is going to have these problems. Like the depth is and the starting pitching depth, only a few teams are going to have those problems solved. That's just how it is. And then maybe their depth will turn into a strength. If you let some of the guys have a season, you know, a couple of young guys come up and become good players, then all of a sudden your depth problems are solved. But, yeah, as we're sitting here before the season, we don't know how it's going to play out. Like you can point to 28 teams and they'd all have the same question about them. Like how's the back end of my rotation going to hold up? How is the my bench going to hold up in a 60-game season? Nobody I, knows. I think I'm so – so torn on the depth thing because at the start with expanded rosters, everyone was saying like depth's going to be super important, which it always is. It 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 always is, but finds a way. But after finding out that after two weeks you're just twenty six man and forty man and it's completely normal, I don't know how much depth really matters because you don't have time to rest guys and lean on other guys. Like it's more, it's more health. Staying healthy matters more. Then, because, you know, like last year, the Yankees didn't stay healthy at all, but they had incredible depth to get them through the 162, and they won 103 games. But this year, it's more like whoever stays healthy has a better shot. Don't like get the, the Rona. That's, that's yeah. going to be one of the biggest things, storylines of the year. Who's going to get the coronavirus in, the, in a bad time? Yeah. And then your depth comes into play. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh... Again, it's just one of these weird things. Look, look at the players they lost. Like, there's some guys you know. It's it's Gerard Dyson, Wilmer Flores, who's actually good, uh, Taiwan Walker, Hirano, Alex Avila. They're all, you know, Steven Souza Jr. Go check out Sequence with Trevor Plouffe. Um, Suzbot. But, again, these guys brought in Marte and Mad Bum. <laughs> like, the, the D-backs should be better. Yeah. I also, um, I also don't think we gave Robbie Ray, like we talked about, we we're profiling the West Division or West Region, whatever. And I don't think we gave Robbie Ray like enough credit for like what he did last year. Like he was like legit, legit. I don't even think we mentioned his name. Always on the trade deadline list too. Like he's got to get sick of that. Every year it's like they Fan- might get trade Robbie Ray. <laughs> Fangraphs has him. Um, he's 28.8 years old and they're giving him on Fangraphs 14 years of service time. So... Congratulations mm. on making the big leagues at 14 years old, Robbie. That's wow. quite the feat. So, congrats. That is huge. <laughs> that is huge. All right, next up. My name is Isaac from Kansas City. I'm a diehard Royals fan. My biggest fear from my top tier Kansas City Royals, first place Royals, is that once Jorge Soler and Whit Merrifield reach their top peak. 320 average and Whit Merrifield is oh gosh well you know my biggest fear I don't even want to talk about that is them getting traded because that's what the Royals do best is trading their top guys right before you know we get good so that's my fears they're going to trade away Solaire and Whit Merrifield it's a sad time in Kansas City I'm just sad that's all thank you okay well thank you Isaac I think it's fair I think he'd be ecstatic if that happens. You should be ecstatic if they trade those guys away and they get some people because what are they going to do for you now? 
Those two guys aren't going to win you any games. Go get some value for them, build your shit back up, and then be happy in like four to five years. I don't think we're going to see many trades like Whit Merrifield and Solaire. They're they're they got a year left on their deal. They're not uh, free agents at the end of the season. I don't think we're going to see many trades that aren't rentals this year. It just seems messed up to move everyone in the middle of this nonsense at the deadline. I don't know. You may see it. People may be paying a premium because they want to win so bad this year and they're up. But, you know, they they have some rentals they can trade. Like if Kennedy's good out of the bullpen, someone might be looking for him to put in their bullpen. Maybe the Phillies go pick him up. Him and Girardi can hang out again. You got Alex Gordon, who's a free agent, but he's kind of like going to be there until he retires, it feels like. I don't think you have to worry about trades as a Royals fan in this 60-game season. Maybe next offseason start worrying again. I love the call. I, I think it was perfect. What They're a Royals fan. They like watching Royals baseball, and they're scared that they're not going to be able to watch their best players. That was a perfect call. Yeah. It's a fear. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of a short-sighted fear in my opinion. It's fair. A lot of mine are. You know, uh, but that's a great point for you, Jim. Like trading people in the middle of this season is going to be so effed for the player. A lot of reasons. And even the organization that trades for a guy, it's like, well, we got to make sure you're like a guy that we can trust not to be an idiot and go out and get COVID and yeah. infect our whole team. Yeah. So, We're like a month away from the deadline, right? Yeah. Something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to see some trades though. Like it's, it's, it'd be crazy and it would suck for people, but I think you're right. Like the bullpens, I think, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people available because teams yeah. don't want to pay this year and they don't want to pay guys next year. So if there's some money coming off the books for them, they're going to be stoked for that. Yeah. I'm so interested to see how it plays out. It can go so many, so many different ways, but all right, we got two Astros questions. Hey guys. Uh, Hey guys, Harry from Huddersfield in England here, fan of John Boyd's wow. very own Houston Astros. Uh, my biggest worry this year is actually the rotation, um, which is headed by two 37-year-olds, a guy who hasn't pitched in a year and a half in Lance McCullers, and like two others. Um, the fourth and fifth spots aren't looking great. Um, so for example, Forrest Whitley, top prospect, had an ERA over seven in AA last year. Um, I'm not saying I'm not confident in the pitching staff, but if anyone in that top three falters or gets injured or gets COVID, uh, things could go wrong quite quickly, I think. So it makes me a bit touchy. I'll stop there. Cheers, guys. All right, Astros pitching. We have another Astros call from Quentin. Hey, guys. Quentin from Houston here, big-time Astros fan. Um, and my biggest worry going in is our uh, pitching as a whole. Um, I think that we are going to be relying a ton on Verlander and um, Grinky. And those are two old arms. And then after those two, you have Lance McCullers Jr., who is coming off of Tommy John. And then after that, it's a lot of the unknown. So I just worry what happens if the front two aren't on for the entire year, especially going up against a tough rest of the league. Uh, so, yeah, that's my biggest worry, except for the fact that, you know, what happens if we can't hit without knowing what pitch is coming. Thanks, guys. Bye. Uh, Astros. Thank you for calling in from London and Quentin's a Patreon member. Always in the chat. The, All you, Jim. The, All you. The Verlander and Granky thing. I think it, it's they're 37. I'm not going to write Verlander off until we have to write him off. Dude's been defined time so far pretty well. And Granky's his own cat. But I, I think only having to make 10 starts is actually plays better for the age card. Like, go light. I will say, though. 
the back end of the rotation is a huge question mark. Even McCullers, in my mind, is a question mark. So if if you start losing Verlander and Granke starts, it can start getting a little worrisome in Astros land. Yeah, um, exactly what you said. You can, you can spin this either way. If you want to go with the old birds at the top and McKellar, McCullers is bouncing back off Tommy John, blah, blah, blah. Or you could say that works perfectly because they are old. They only have to do it for a third of a season if that. McCullers doesn't have to worry about putting big miles up on his Tommy John arm. Uh, but, yeah, and I think, Trev, we touched upon this a little bit last time, but they also lost a couple bodies out of the bullpen too. There, there are questions. Absolutely. I wrote Justin Verlander off in like 2014 or 15. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Uh, he's just gone on to just be <laughs> dominant for yeah. the next five years. So you can't write those guys off, like Jim said, until they're gone. Mm-hmm. Like a guy like that, he's just figured something out. He just has the arm. Him and Grinky are the same way. So those two at the top of your rotation, I'm, I'd feel pretty good about. McCullers is, is an interesting case for me because he does have the stuff. Uh, but TJ is tough to come back from. Some guys can do it really well. But McCullers, like, calling card. I mean, I think in the playoffs he threw, like, 20 curveballs in a row or something like that. I don't know if you could do that on a fresh, new, you know, what is that called? A tendon in your elbow. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I agree the starters, like, they're the same. It's the same as everything we talked about, like, you're three, four, five. You're going to have to just figure it out, okay? Most teams. Um, so, yeah, it's a question mark, but I, I'd, be, I'd be okay with their, with their staff. Yeah, we're running into a lot, of, a lot of the same thing where teams that are contending aren't, aren't confident in their four or five. That's, I know. I think the, the biggest thing we're telling people here is, like, just relax. Like, no team has that down. If you could, just ha- if you could have five – legit starters you'd be in the world series every single year <laughs> yeah all right next dodgers going to your rocks jake what's up guys uh big rocky fan out here in denver and my biggest fear with this uh 60 game season is that it might be nolan arenado's last unfortunately considering that i and many other people around denver think he's maybe the best third baseman of all time so uh do you guys think this might be his last year considering jeff british added a three-year opt-out into his contract i really hope he doesn't but Wanted to hear what you guys think. Thanks. So wait, who's got the opt out? Nolan's Nolan's big extension. He's got an opt out. I don't. I think it's twenty twenty one. Let me tell you, it, he ain't opting out, buddy. Because where's he gonna go in this free agent climate? Yeah, I think, no. But they're worried he's gonna opt out in three years. I, I think the bigger thing would be him demanding the trade, which we heard rumors about this off season. And, you know, we, we talked about Rocky's ownership briefly last episode, and they seem, you know, there's if you want to look into that, go look into that. Uh, man, this is, this is kind of my Rocky's thing that, you know, I get some giggles out of you guys, but this is supposed to be the Rockies, like, go time. This is supposed to be Trevor Story, Arenado, uh, you know, Blackman's winding down a little bit, Dahl, like, uh, the young arms, Marquez, Gray, Freeland, like this is <laughs> the Rockies kind of rebuilt for this to be their time, and they had a couple wild card games there, and last year they kind of shit the bed, and uh, it's it's a Rocky fear that if they go into another rebuild, guess what? The stadium is real nice, and people go to the game because it's kind of in a nice area. If you're a Rockies baseball fan, you want the good product. 
And, you know, we we are at a tipping point. To, so have, to have that sitting in 60 games is scary. I, what what I don't get here is the opt-out thought process because so the Rockies management, he's going to opt out after the 2021 season, so not after this season. So if the Rockies management's like, Nolan's not opting, he's not staying, he wants to leave Colorado, he hates us, this is a bad relationship, let's trade him before he opts out. Well, he has a full no-trade clause. But yeah, but maybe to go. But what team would bring him on Knowing he can opt in, and then you're on the line for all that money, it doesn't. It's, it seems like you'd have to find a really. It would be like the Stanton trade, where, like, there was only one team that Stanton was going to okay a trade to that was also going to take on that money. So, it it happened, sure, but the odds and chances of it actually happening were pretty slim. It was like a crazy, you know, a crazy funnel that weeded out so many teams, and it was like the Yankees. So if Arenado gets traded because they're scared he's going to opt out, it's going to have to be to a team that's not scared he'll opt in. So no, Nobody's taken on that because, first of all, a player opt-out only helps the player because, you know, he obviously he has a decision. He can make the decision. Now, Arenado has a full trade clause. It's after 2021. And then you're looking at uh, five more years at like 32.5 a year. And now you're getting up there in age. Defensive metrics are probably going to go down on him as he gets older. He's going to be with the Rockies. Even if he went and played balls out the next this year and the following year, it'd be, I'd be, really, it'd be really tough for him to secure more money than that. Just from me thinking about how free agency is going to go. We know this offseason is going to be horrible. After 2021, we have the CBA coming up. We'll see how that goes. But I'm going to say Arenado is going to be a Rocky until he's he's done. I would agree. El Toro so, High School, baby. Yeah. Nice. All right, we got a couple left. Let's breeze through these. We got three more. We'll see if we can get them all in. Hey, guys. My name is Sam Fletcher. Um, I'm from Seattle, Washington. Big Mariners fan. Uh, my biggest fear for the upcoming season is that our prospects will not get enough playing time with minor leagues um, not happening. Um, I want to see Julio Rodriguez getting some at-bats. I want to see Kelnick getting at-bats. I want to see Logan Gilbert uh, throwing some baseballs. And same with George Kirby, two major leaguers. Um, if I don't see that, then I'm worried they're all going to slow their momentum they had in their great minor league season last year. Thank you all. Thanks, Yeah, I, I I don't think they're going to play. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's service time manipulation. Why would you have them play in a year that you're not trying to win? It's only 60 games, and it, it would eat up a year of their service time. If you wait it out, then you get another year where you're hopefully trying to win. Say this rebuild takes three more years. Then there's four more at the end of that where you have these guys, and that's your window. So you're not going to take away one of those years now. So I don't see them playing a lot of these young guys. The problem here is the young guys that the caller mentioned. Uh, Kalanick, you know, I think you're you're saving that for next year. Rodriguez, uh, you know, Fangraphs doesn't have him coming up till 2022. There's some young dudes you can be excited about. F- figure out if Kyle Lewis is a dude for you. J.P. Crawford, Shed Long. Uh, Evan White, the first baseman that got signed before before he's played uh, an MLB down of football. So, 
uh, Justice Sheffield. Like, there are other young guys. You got to look into them before you can get to the the other prize pieces. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with Jim. Where it's like, why would you bring him up? But then the other side of me is like, bring these fuckers up. They're ready to play, you know? So I see the business side of it, obviously. And it's unfortunate that that is kind of how this whole thing usually plays itself out. Um, but I'd be surprised if we saw these guys. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they're thinking we just hold them back and then bring them up uh, after the whatever the seven eight days maybe they want to try that and just say you know what we'll just get these guys some experience i don't think that's going to be the case that's wishful thinking um but we'll see man this could we could be totally surprised with how teams approach the 60 game season yeah maybe the mariners want to bring up just to trade them again they love trading guys but in, in our eyes it's like why if you're the mariners team you know you're going to lose this year like just lose a lot yeah like lose more than you you know, lose as much as you can. That's kind of yeah. how things uh, have been going, and I see them probably trying to do that. Yep. All right, we got two more. Mariners bullpen stinks. Hey, guys, this is Sam, and my biggest fear for my Brewers this year and possibly for years to come <laughs> is the lingering Josh Hader trade rumors that seem to have been making their way around social media the last couple of years. Uh, I saw last year that the Twins might have interest, but... Anyways, I don't feel like there's really a situation that a hater, that a package in return for hater would really impress me enough to want the, the Brewers to go through with it. And I really feel like he has enough talent to be almost untradeable. Also, I really hope he can bounce back from his struggles, which he ended last season with. Um, from July on, he gave up. 16 runs in 31 games, including from July 1st to August 16th. He gave up um, 11 earned runs and 7 home runs in only 16 innings. Anyways, those are my Josh Hader thoughts, and I'd love to see what you guys think. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for the call. I think all Josh Hader rumors are media or fan-driven. Like It makes no sense. He's with the team until 2023. They're contending. Right now, and he's a main piece of their strategy. He's like probably the third most important guy on the team. If they fall out in 2022 and aren't competing anymore, then yeah, they should trade him before he hits free agency, get something in return. As of right now, I mean, he's got three, he got four more seasons for really cheap on a team that's trying to win, that loves using their bullpen. I don't, I don't think there's any. I wouldn't guess there's any realness to the rumors that they were trying to move him. It shouldn't be in your head for now. It, it shouldn't be in your head for now. I mean, we'll see how the NL Central shakes out. This year is going to be too tight for that to even happen. This is Hayter's first year kind of getting paid. His salary was supposed to be $4 million. I think in a world, like let's say a couple of these NL Central teams take a jump and the Brewers are behind, you know, if – Again, let's go back to basics. If there's a world where you can trade a reliever, no matter how special he is, for some pretty legit prospects, there's a world where that could end up making sense for them. But it's not this year. Um, What's the last, like, big reliever trade? Like, is Chapman the only example? And that's, like, such – that's almost uh, – Hater might get himself to that area. Yeah. That's that's the biggest comp. Hater for Glaber. Did Andrew Miller ever get big prospects at any point? Clint Frazier, Justice Sheffield, Ben Heller, Fire Eisen. I agree. I one hundred. I was gonna say the exact same thing, Jake. Like 
that's a wow. good problem to have. Like if you have a reliever that's that good, that's going to drum up a bunch of trade interest, be happy for that. And then get rid of them because the shelf life of a good reliever is very, very short typically. There's a few guys that break the mold that can go on and have long careers as good relievers. But a guy that's dominating like Hader, you know, like could he continue to do it? Sure. But like if I'm a GM and I'm like, I got this guy and yeah, not this year, but like next year or the year after, 100% I'm like, let's go get a bag for this guy. We've paid him nothing. He's given us crazy amounts of value. And now we're going to get even more value for him and then watch him kind of uh, decline on your team. Like, I, I think having a guy like that as a possible trade trip is like what GMs and teams dream of. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah, good to have a guy. All right, last voicemail is about the Rangers. Hey guys, my name is Jerry from Austin, Texas. My team is the Texas Rangers. Right now, my biggest fear is um, Willie Calhoun. Um, of course, he had the freak accident uh, in March, but now he's got, he's got he's got an issue with the strain. And my fear is that he's just going to kind of turn into another jerk from Profar that kind of bounces back and forth through injuries and never quite uh, leads up to his potential. So that's my biggest fear at the moment. What's on my mind? Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate the show and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Willie Calhoun. Mm. What he got? He got hit in the mouth in spring training. Yeah. What was yeah. his his fear? Is that he's going to turn into a profar? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got a uh, little prospects remorse from profar being the number one guy, and it it never really came together. And now Calhoun's kind of supposed to be the next in line hitter for them, and some early injuries. So I get the fear, but I don't know. I played, with, I played with both those guys. Like, Willie's attitude is different. Um, Profar kind of always felt to me like he wasn't as confident as he needed to be. Interesting. Willie, on the other hand, is very confident, almost to a fault. Uh, when I played with him in AAA with the Rangers, like, he needed to be humbled and, like, get to work. And from all reports and everyone I've talked to, that's kind of what happened. He got humbled. He's got to work. He's still very confident, and he can hit. The guy's just a hitter. So I think those two guys have different mentalities. Like, not to say that it's going to play out differently just because of that. Like, obviously, Willie has to go put the numbers up. But I'd, I'd bet that Willie's going to be an above-average hitter in the big leagues for, for a while. Like, he can do it, and he, and he has that that it factor, that confidence. Yeah, and Willie Calhoun has already put up a season that better than any season Profar's had. Uh, he's already out, uh, beat him. You can't hold hold a guy – you can't change your mind on a guy because he got hit in the mouth with a pitch. Like, you can't – that's such a freak injury that for you to be like, I don't know, he might not work out and put that in one of the bullet points of leading up to that new thought process, that's unfair. Dude got hit in the mouth with a thing. The other injury was what he said he strained something recently. Yeah, so he's got a uh, hip flexor strain, so he's like questionable for opening day. They think they're going to keep him on the roster to pinch hit maybe for the first few days, and then when he's healthy, get him in there with the expanded roster. So, I mean, you could be concerned about him getting into a groove this season. Yeah, yeah, uh, but, but not, yeah, not I mean, panning out like Willie. Yeah, Willie Calhoun's career, like pump, pump it, pump it back a little bit. 
How tall is he, Trev? Be honest with me. You guys are comparable. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. They have him at 5'8". I mean, give me some baseball spikes, yeah. 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 <laughs> Build up a little mound I'm of dirt a, I'm at a, I'm second, a stand on it. Yeah. That's the last voicemail. Thank you to everyone that called in. We appreciate it. Some good, good fears. Stuff. Good fears, yeah. Uh, still doesn't beat Jake's, which was dying. Oh, yeah. And the end, which I struggle with every day. What happens then? Interesting. Mm. Trev, Stop what's worrying your, about what's your, your team's fourth and fifth starters, for God's sake. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's why I like the Rangers, because their fourth and fifth are pretty similar to their two and three. Yeah. It's like, hey, they're all there. <laughs> they got a bunch of threes, it feels like. They, yeah. Like their one through five is a bunch of threes, which may play, unless Kluber's Kluber. Yeah. Lance Lynn Look, pitched like a Lance number one has year. numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love Texas. I love Lance. Love Friend Texas. of the pod. Don't tell Friend me he's number pod. three, okay? Lance doesn't give a shit. Lance would not, <laughs> not, <laughs> he Lance care. Would not like that, though. What's that? He probably wouldn't give a shit, but he also would not like that. He would probably yell at you or punch the that's, mirror or something. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Lance yells at everything. Big yes. Lance fan. Big Lance, guys. Big yeah. Lance fan. All right. We'll be back on Wednesday with, do we have, what, what's Wednesday, a whole season preview type thing? So go get all yeah. your friends that have not been keeping up with baseball that are baseball fans but tuned out, which is allowed. Tell them to tune in. We will be doing a season preview of sorts, just kind of general excitement, things we're excited about. And uh, also on Thursday, we will be doing our first Talking Baseball pregame show. It will not live on this YouTube – or it will live on this YouTube account. It won't live on the podcast uh, feed that the main episodes live on. We're making a separate one for them. But you can watch it live on Periscope, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. That will start Thursday. And – yeah, tune in Wednesday for season preview, Thursday for pregame show, and then we'll get going. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for calling in. We appreciate you. Trev, any last words? Yeah, I wanted to give my biggest fear. It's, it's, um, I've struggled with it since I was little. Okay. I have these dreams all the time where everybody else, the entire world is in slow motion except for me. Oh, damn. It's horrible. That's, my That's like a movie fear. scene. It's fucked. It's like you guys would be talking, and I just wouldn't be able to, like, Ugh. Oh, so, all right. That's where that's I'm at. Tough. Huge cool. fear. I don't know if you can. Yeah. Okay. Slow mo fear. Slow motion fear. Damn. Huge. All right. See you guys later.